Fans, this is Beer, Bourbon, and Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 10. <laughs> can you believe we're on episode 10? Yes, Let's do we can. This. But, unfortunately... Alex is not here today, folks, but we have our special guest recorder in with us today, Kevin Fairchild. (laughs) He's the god of all media. Mr. Fairchild, welcome aboard. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Alex, we miss you. Hope you're enjoying yourself in Mexico. <laughs> I do. I miss no, you, I miss you. I miss you, of course. So, thankfully, Kevin filled in, so thank you, Kevin. And yes. uh, let's hit it. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, t- so, we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the movie Kidnapped, starring Halle Berry. Yes. And Jeremy Ritter in the movie Wind River. Yes. What are we going to drink today, Tuan? Today, we're going to be drinking. Well, I had to look around for some beers because. These two films take place in Louisiana. Uh, that's kidnapped, folks. That's kidnapped. And Wind River takes place in Wyoming. So I had a little bit of short notice, so I couldn't really find anything sort of like... Uh, there's, there's actually some good Native American breweries, actually. But I could get to them in time. And there are some Wyoming uh, brews that are pretty good, um, like uh, Melvin... Um, a couple others. But anyway, so I didn't want to just go strictly like NOLA style. So I just got something French-based. Okay. So um, And why French? Because it's New Orleans, Louisiana. And that whole Creole culture, the mix of that everything. That whole Creole. I could have went Spanish. I could have went Native American. But like I said, whatever. <laughs> today, I'm drinking, today I'm drinking Cronenborg uh, 1664. It's um, first time drinking it. I'm not really all that impressed. Maybe because I'm not hugely Euro pale lager like. Not it. to say the beer is not tasty. You know me. I'm a big heifer. Heifer yes, lover. Heifer lover. Heifer lover. We all know you love the heifer. I that's love them. That's a new t-shirt. That's a, that is a new t-shirt. Heifer lovers. <laughs> but you got to say it like that, like a New Yorker. Heifer lovers. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so it's a Euro pale lager, and it's okay. It pours like it pours really clear. It's a golden color, two inch head, lots of retention. I know there's gonna be tons of jokes about that. Um, plenty, yes. plenty of 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 presents. It has though its aftertaste, sort of like reminds me Heineken esque. Okay, yeah, it can that's be a little, interesting. Can be a little. Is it a little bitter? Not bitter, but uh, musty at the end. Uh, okay. It's not horrible to drink, but uh, it's it's very light and feeling. What food would you pair it with? It's light, so it's. I mean, it's your lager. I mean, you can have it. You. Hmm. You can have this with meats. You can have this with. Um, dips. I'm not real sure. 
it's we'll just go from here it's, it's actually, universal it's universal it, it, it's kind of like the french version of a peroni yeah yeah so it's like it's very much in that class That's of french beers and you, you can Kevin. get them in just about Thank any you. pub or it's any restaurant beer. or any bar in Paris and France. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very popular beer. Yes. Thank you, Kev. I remember. Kev's a big beer fan. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> he loves a good brew. Okay. Well, I'm going to have some uh, Kentucky bourbon. And this bourbon's called Cabin Still. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Really kind of cool. It's actually three years old. It's not aged as long as some of the others. It's uh, 80 proof. Really, really strong. And it has a more of a sour mash feel to it. They even call it sour mash on the on the label. Yeah. But um, it's it's runs along the lines of a Jack Daniels, but a little weaker because this has only been aged three years. So, you know, it hasn't been in the barrel that long. But it's kind of tasty, and I would. Uh, it's one of those drinks I would have either straight or with just some Coke or a little Sprite or something like that. But uh, it it reminded me of these kinds of films because. Uh, it's very organic. Both of the movies are kind of like a road movie to me. They kind of feel very open open air and all of that. So They're very real. Yeah, it's, it's very real and very earthy. And I think that, you know, I wanted to bring some bourbons to the listeners who could appreciate a bourbon without having to spend a ton of money. Because bourbons cost a lot mm-hmm. of money these days because yes, everybody, bourbon is in, so people are spending <laughs> a lot of money on bourbon. But uh, Was it never out? Not really. No, it has its moments of being out, but a real man or a real woman who enjoys some brown liquor will understand <laughs> some bourbon. So uh, Why do you have to gender that? Because that's what it is. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what it is. So I, I would recommend Cabin Steel. It's going to be kind of hard to find. Cabin Steel is one of those... Hidden Bourbons, because it was a part of the Heaven Hill Brewery, and it's still being distilled by them, but it's not on their website. you got to look for it a little bit. This this brand has been through a lot of change and turmoil since it's been around, because it's, it's an old brand, and it's been around since, oh, where? Let me see. Where's the date on this? Oh, my goodness, it's old. But either way. Drink, oh, yeah, here we go. 1849, so that's how old it is. Yeah, it's very so, old. It's, but like I said, just take a look for it. Cabin Still, and it used to be called Old Cabin Still, you know, from those antebellum days. But, um, you know, just enjoy the drinks. Antebellum days, always. Now let's talk about some movies today. All right, so uh, first up, we're talking about Kidnapped. Very uh, edgy seat film starring Halle Berry. Wait, can we pause just for a second, please? Sure. You don't look at her, my fucking ass. You have not stopped looking, looking at her at since her. she started fucking talking. <laughs> You're literally talking at the side of the microphone. Can we just move that that way? Thank there you. you sure. Start again. Alex is likely to keep that in, too. But like, he keeps with all the outtakes, and it works, as I'm sure you see. That. I don't look at her at all. Okay. No, he's like... You've not stopped looking at her. I agree. She's pretty. I agree. I totally agree. But from the sound person's perspective, I prefer you talk into the microphone. There you go. Just tossing that out there. I think we found our news. Where am I picking up? (laughs) You're not picking up anywhere. She's picking up from the movie. I'm picking up from the movie. Shall we start again now that you're ready? I'm always ready. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, so today we're starting with Kidnap. Halle Berry stars as a mother. Who stops at nothing to recover her kidnapped son? Um, so we start off at the director as usual. So it's it's a Spanish director. His name is uh, Luis uh, Prieto. He's done uh, Pusher, 
Not the Chris Evans one. It's another one about a drug dealer. Um, he's done a few Z Nation um, uh, episodes, and he's he's done a, he's done a bunch of uh, Spanish films. So if you're a big fan of Spanish films, he seems to be a a big guy. I'm not really uh, familiar with his work, but looking him up, I definitely will take a look at it now. His DP, Fabio Martinez Labiano. More familiar with him. He did The Shallows. He did Nonstop. He did Unknown. He does these um, fast-paced, edge-of-your-seat thrillers. It's great. I, I, I really, I like his, I like his work, and I think uh, he was perfectly chosen for this one. And I, based on what I was looking at, they seem to work together a lot. So, anyway. This was um, pretty good. Well, you know, I, I love this film, and it reminded me a lot of the films, and I'm a little older than you, Tawana, so you might not even remember all these things. Little. But the whole thing is, <laughs> this reminds me a lot of the films from the 70s and early 80s. There were, there were those road movies where things would happen on the highway. And, yes. And we were following the action from either the car or watching the car on the highway. There was a lot of scenes yeah. of, the, of the cars moving around. Yeah, definitely. And there was just a lot of action on the road. and. It it just it, it it was very exciting, and I, I I'm so glad Halle Berry did this because she didn't rely on her beauty as Halle Berry. She, she never, was she was all about not really anymore. Does she? I'm a mother. Yeah, she And does. I'm trying to find my damn son. And right. she she did everything she was supposed to do in this film. She she fought the way you would expect a mother to fight for her child. And she just gave it all. And I think, yeah, definitely. and I agree with some critics who talked about, you know, there were some gaps in the plot, but you didn't really need that because she filled up the it. screen with her acting ability and, and, and just so much fire that she brought to her performance. Absolutely. She was doing her best crazy eye impression throughout, oh, yeah. throughout all of this sort of action-packed nail-biter film. And it, it, was, it was a total thriller. And I could see where she could relate to the character, seeing as how vigilant she is about her children. The fact yeah. that she'd moved her children out of the U.S. to France to get them away from the paparazzi. I can see how she could be very, you know, uh, protective of her kids. So this worked well for me. And I, I like her in these roles. Yeah. Uh, she was good in Nicole. Yeah. Uh, where, she, where she played this. And I feel like when they pull her out of this sort of archetypal, you know, this this really specific character they want her to play, she excels. Yeah. Um, I just I th I thought it was a little like melodramatic at the beginning. It had a lot of interesting takes. Well, you know, they were they were trying to set the scene and, and get you to understand the relationship between her and her child. Yeah. You had to have that. There was a lot of there's a, a huge montage of the little boy growing up in their relationship, but it was cute it because was cute. we actually needed that because if you didn't have that, you wouldn't understand you wouldn't understand the dynamic and you would have been missing something. I think we actually needed that. You just don't, you know, if you had that thing called a heart inside of you like that you would understand. Dead, you're yes, saying, you're dead, dead inside. inside. Yes, a little bit dead inside. But the thing is we needed that. We needed that nurturing, that moment of her being a parent to understand that she was going to do anything because it was her and the little boy. It wasn't about her and the relationship with his father. It was that. about... No. I even got that after she kept talking about the kid, after she kept explaining how much she loved this kid and she needed 
and she we they explain that she's separate from the husband this doesn't this doesn't spoil anything really that she's separate from the husband and that the, he's all she has right the whole whole setting with him in her job area well the beauty of the film I, I too was that. that we didn't have to have all that backstory they didn't they didn't show us anything about her and, and the husband they just mentioned anything. It. they just had some conversations about yeah. it and it was a phone conversation really yeah so uh, there was so much that happened incidentally that we didn't have to see on the screen because right. they they spent all the time on the action on the screen and in that car because there was so much there was so much energy and so much fire with her just in that car and she right. did exactly what you would expect a mother to do exactly well here's the other issue i had i thought this was okay this was such a nail biter edge of your seat thriller that i just watched it and normally i would take an I would take notes or two from time to time while we're watching the film. But I literally couldn't take notes because it was so fast-paced. I was so involved in it. Yes. At the beginning, I will say this, and we discussed this, and we differ on this point. I felt like I had... I I had... This film gave me pause in the fact that I initially I'm thinking... Why are they taking this black kid? Because to me, black children aren't a commodity in America. Black people aren't a commodity in America. So unless you're super duper famous, like a Beyonce, Jay-Z, Michael Jordan type, they don't really care. So I, my thing was like, okay, maybe they snatched him initially. And then because it just kept going and going and going, I was like, well, what the hell? Why didn't want this black kid so bad? And I know that you have stated that yes, black kids are taken all the time. Uh, yes, and they're they're sold on the black market just like white kids, Spanish kids, Asian kids, and everybody else's kids. I get that. I don't live in a world where I don't think black children have any value. And if there are I people don't who think are black kids there, don't have value. If there are people who are out there who do think that this podcast is not for you, but exactly. what I'm saying <laughs> is every child has value, and there is a market for children. In of course. the world, of course, so there's a market for children this, in the world. This beautiful little black child was one that was taken, and there are black children see, missing every day. I just didn't see, and you will see when you watch the film. I just didn't see these particular characters needing this black kid that badly, and so. But that what, you I have your—that's your own value system. That's that has not nothing my own to do with system. the movie. I value, I value blacks above all, above all else. Well, but apparently not. If, if no, you're my put a thing. Value on their, on no, no, no. Value. I'm putting. I'm putting a value based on what America values us. But that's not what this movie is about. That's not what this movie is about. But that's what leads me to think at the beginning. And I'm not the only one who thought that way. I've I've spoken to several people who said to me, "Why they went so far with this black kid?" But then the film turns and it keeps you so invested that you're not thinking about. The specifics of it. You're thinking about, oh my God, this mother is doing all she can to get the kid. My thing is not, it wasn't a lack of value. My lack of value is based on how America treats me and treats my people. And that's why I felt like, why would someone who seemed pretty poor steal a black kid? What's the value in that? Who's buying them? That was where I was going with that. But then the film was so immersive that I just kept going. Not to say that, the, listen, I know that we had a whole thing with the Save Our Black Girls, and it was a whole series of black women, little black girls stolen in the DMV area. That seems a bit more serial killer-ish because all the girls matched. 
in some way or another. So it seemed like someone was collecting girls of a sort. This is a separate issue from that in this film. And that's why I felt the way I did about that. Well, I'm not going to spoil the film for the people who <laughs> want to I. go see it. But there is another subplot that's mm-hmm. happening with these children in this film. Which then does change my mind. And, and you then... will have to see that part right. for yourself. And I'm exactly. not going to spoil that for you. Exactly. But I personally do not agree with this Tawana's <laughs> view of black value in America. I know America is a fucked up place. And we, we lived in a fucked up situation currently. But I currently. personally... Don't feel like For that's a lot the same of years. situation. Uh, there's a lot of missing children, black, white, orange, yes. in this country, and it's always going to be that way. And there's always going to be a situation of missing children. And uh, sadly, that's going to be the case. But I think that I didn't. For me personally, just to watch this film and to get, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I could call it. I was entertained from the thrill of it. Right. I'm glad that we're seeing movies like this because there was not a lot of special effects and a lot of yes. backstory and all this other things that were happening usually yeah. in the films that we see today. There, you just didn't have that. You were set in a moment in time with right. this mother trying to reclaim her son. Right. And and we didn't have to have all the other superficial nonsense that we get usually in a summer movie. So I right. think that... Well, they kept you on a ride. I was and very entertained in that way. Just when you thought you understood what was occurring and what would happen, it went on another level, and then it switched again, and then it switched again. Just when you thought you knew what was happening, it continued. But what stayed true is that Hallie never stopped chasing this boy yeah. down. And you know what was? And that's, what was I think that's kind of awesome. Was you know there was car crashes and, and all was, the chase. There was just, and she was just like, "Fuck that! I'm people sorry." Got hurt. I'm sorry you got ran over by this car, but I got to go get my kid. And she <laughs> never stopped. And that was that she was the beauty stopped. of this film. And that was the the, the thrill ride of it. Right, right, right. Because I literally, stopped. I too was sitting on the edge of my seat. And when yeah. certain things would happen in the film, I was yelling at the screen just like the yeah. audience was. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, it was exciting. And you yeah, just, definitely. one, you wanted her to win. You want her to get the boy back for sure. Yeah, of course. And, and but, it, you know... If everybody thinks about what if I was put in that situation, what would I do? Right. And and that's kind of how you felt watching the whole thing. Yeah. So it, basically it was this, it was Hallie's film. And um, I highly recommend it. And I just say, you know, if you love, you know, a perfect summer thrill ride that just keeps you guessing minute to minute, go see it. Yeah, and, I, and you know what? It just kind of brings back remember movies like the the Hitcher and all those kind of crazy yeah. old movies 80s. where things were happening to people. We're gonna have to do a show about those crazy eighties movies. Crazy eighties movies. Yeah, yeah I, I think, mean it's perfect. Yeah, I think we need an episode. In our about last that. episode, we spoke a lot about eighties, and I think this runs a theme. Yeah, we need an eighties flick. We're gonna have eighties eighties theme. We're gonna have eighties so theme show. You guys look forward to that. But um, I would definitely recommend this too. It's one of those movies that's just fun to see, and it's different from all the summer stuff that you get between the superheroes and the just very weird yes. horror films. But um, I think you, you just need to give it a chance. And yeah. um, it's always good to see Hallie on the screen. I'm, she's an Oscar winner, and she deserves even better opportunity. But I'm glad right. that she takes the time to do films like this. Right. And I feel like uh, this had, we were speaking about this before we went to see uh, Wind River yesterday, that both films uh, really have to do 
with people gone missing. Right. And the relation of the reality of it in the world, what really happens, not the mm-hmm. fantasized right. notion of like, like maybe Gone Girl or something like that, where right. it's it, it it seems like it's all hoopla and what right. what's gonna happen. It's it was the reality of this. Someone's gone missing. What do I do with that? And what do I do with my feelings? And right. what do I do? Yeah, they kept both with films them. kept you in in the space of that time. Right. So let's talk about so, Wind River. A absolutely. Bit. So Wind River, starring uh, Jeremy Renner, and um, I'm so sorry. What what's, what's the other girl's name? The Olsen. Oh, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Thank you. The superstar <laughs> in that family, Elizabeth Olsen. She is she the superstar. Is the actress in that family. I don't know what happened to her sisters. I, I don't even care what happened to them. I don't even understand how they look like that because she looks awesome. She's she's a beautiful woman and she's very 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 talented. Very she, talented. She and uh, Jeremy just. They made this film, and it was a very quiet film. It was very peaceful, but it also dealt yes. with missing people. Right. So basically what it's about is an FBI agent teams up with the town's uh, veteran game trap tracker. Mm-hmm. He worked for uh, Fish and Game. Right. And uh, to investigate this murder that's just occurred on this uh, Native American reservation. Uh, and it's been directed by Taylor Sheridan. He is actually really an actor and a writer. But he's done some really great stuff that I think people know. He's done Sicario. He's done Hell or High Water. And he's done this. And so these three out the gate are fantastic for him as pretty much starting points. And they all seem to map the same. He's on a trajectory for sure. He's on a trajectory of this this drama field. But it's like a reality-based drama. You know, it's always about what real people are doing and how they're surviving in this world. Right. In, in all its various forms. Um, he seems to have a little thing about law enforcement. Right. Uh, and I don't know if that's a positive thing, <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it has a very, there's a definite tone he it's takes. always like either law enforcement, like trying to figure out something and, and, and they stay true to the reality of it all. Or he's got like this sense of like these guys just trying to make it despite the law. Right. Um, and sort of making their own way in the world. But this one, and and I've, excuse me, I feel like this one, much like the others, which is just dark, dreary, intense. This had music in it, but it was a little, a little more ominous. Right, but, and there was this poem that kind of had a thread throughout the film. Right, that uh, this guy's uh, Jeremy Renner's daughter wrote, because um, there's a whole backstory with him as well, and so basically it has this 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 air of mystery. Uh, amongst this dangerous landscape of uh, Wyoming's uh, Native American reservations and their rigs, they have these sort of yeah, these construction construction firms rig these systems for the area. like uh, pumping oil and right. all that. Um, not to mention the dangerousness of the cold in the mountains. And this film tends to isolate you in this sense that to bring you in. Um, and sort of immerse you into their world with the characters of quiet, silence, and snow. It's just like cold and quiet there. Yeah. And um, these people really have nothing else but that. And it sort of eats them from the inside out. And when they arrive to find out this this poor girl had been 
found and murdered or they jump into this investigation full force. And it, it, it turns out to be this sad but interestingly written piece. Well, you know, as I watched it, I was thinking that, you know, and, and I grew up in the South, and I know what it is to be in barren lands where there's not a lot going on, and mm-hmm. you have to occupy yourself with wherever you can to keep yourself busy because there's not a lot of shit happening. And that's when a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll happen in the town. And this seemed to take place in, in, during this story where people were just, they were just in a, in a period of loneliness. You had workers who were working on either the oil fields or whatever construction sites they yeah, were working rich, on, yeah. and it was just them. You know what I mean? And they were there. Then you had the disenfranchised Native Americans who America has pushed off on these random pieces of land across the country. With no means of survival. With really barely any kind of means of survival, no infrastructure, no support system from the rest of the United States that we all live in. But it, it just felt there's a there's a seriousness of loneliness that happened in this piece. There's also a bit of confusion. It's yes. like the 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 laws were the overlapping. The laws are overlapping. The jurisdictions are overlapping. Yeah. This is Native American tribal law versus right. um, government and all that state law, mm-hmm. but federal right. controls it all because and Trump state laws. Mm-hmm. Yes, but federal controls it all essentially because you know it's federal land that they are living on. So anything done in that region really is condemned, or rather controlled by all. Right. So it's it's all confusing, and it's just like, how could you live? And there was a lot of there was a lot of drug use. There was a lot of um... well, because if you think about it, essentially all of the elders are killed or die off. Right. Um, there was a very interesting moment towards the end, and this doesn't spoil anything, where Jeremy Renner sits with one of his friends. And um, he has uh, war paint on his face. And he says, what are you doing? And he says, this is my death face. And he is like, is that what it looks like? Because Jeremy Renner is a white guy, of course. And this guy's Native American um, living on the reservation. And he says, well, this is the best I can do because no one's left to tell me what Yeah, nobody's really left to like. teach me, right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, such such the the beauty of this film. There were so many everybody. little silent, powerful moments. There's so many silent like kills. It's like yeah. punches. And even the, the even the mother who was cutting herself when she found out about her daughter's when she death. Find out about her daughter's there was death. just there were just some little quiet times. They could have really blew all these things out and sensationalized them, but they just they let the audience absorb the emotion, and and not throw it in your face. And and well, Elizabeth, it was reality. and the beauty of it was we got to kind of walk through this from the gaze of Elizabeth Olsen's character. Mm-hmm. You know, we were really as the audience, we were really in her role. Well, hers and his. Yeah, but really more hers because we're not. He was of that place, so we were we were there as the outsider looking into it, and right. that's how I felt. From her perspective, mm-hmm. because she was coming from Las Vegas, the murder happened, and she had to go investigate it and as the FBI. Really, she was from Fort Lauderdale. Right, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So she showed up. So like, she had no clue about all what's the fucking clothing. going on there. Right. How to do things. Yes, high heel pumps in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> Why not? Just you pants know I mean? and, and like, some pants. Just like, well, I was the closest. Right. To they flew her to in the she reservation, the so they flew me in. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so it was just like, she was, but I, I guess I could see it from her point of view. But I, there I, was a lot of, because she was learning, she was understanding the people, the culture, right. the Native American culture, she was trying to understand that. She, she had to pick that up. Yes. And, Jeremy Renner's character, his family had been there for decades. Well, his his wife's family had been and there. And his, too. He even said it. My family was here out of obligation. They were forced to be there. They weren't. They no, didn't necessarily have me- to be there. He meant her family. He was talking about his family, he, too. Yeah, but I think he really was meaning her family because he was like, her, her, my, he said my ex's family has been here for decades, and they were forced to be here. And... All they have is the silence and the snow because everything else has been taken from them. Hmm. But he was also a part of that. And I think that it's it's interesting to see what, what you do when you're in this place of confinement. Because it was almost like they were confined there. It was like if there was a wall around that area, mm-hmm. it was a visible wall for all of them. We might not right. have been able to see it, but it was definitely visible for all of them. Right. Well, he said, you know, if you were in a city like New York and something had occurred, like you were texting and you stepped off of a curb and or you walked down the street and you just narrowly missed getting hit by a bus or, you know, you could have been robbed and you narrowly missed that. He said that was luck. He said out here there is no luck. There is survival. Mm -hmm. And what, what we do here is survive. There isn't a second thought about it. We prepare ourselves and we survive. And you're a survivor. And I think that's the things that link the two films together. Yeah. Because Halle Berry, in her mission to find her son, she was in that role of survival. Because she was put in peril on several different occasions throughout this film. And obviously her son was. And so there there were these links about how do you survive in a crisis. Well, you you just knuckle down and dig in and survive or you fall out and give up and neither one of these people in either film were going to give up yeah. they they were convinced of of their their task and they were going to achieve it no matter what was going to happen yeah and i think you know what's interesting i've, I've watched jeremy renner over the years the first film i saw him in and for you guys out there i saw him in neo ned with uh, Gabrielle Union. Okay. Many, many I don't years think I've seen ago. Amazing film. It was at a, I saw it at a Tribeca Film Festival, one of the early film festivals that they mm-hmm. had. And just a great, great movie. And this was one of his first films. And he, his breakout was Dahmer, where he played Jeffrey Dahmer, which yeah. still terrifies me. That was the okay. best performance I've ever seen of anybody playing a, a serial killer. Oh, really? He, he, he just does something with a role because he just sinks his teeth in it. And I think he was in this role, because I've, I've seen several interviews with him, mm-hmm. he was glad to get away from all the superhero stuff he's been doing because he's in Marvel's, you know, all the Avengers stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing a lot of that. And he's in also in the Bourne movies. And so yeah, I he think was one of them. that he's, his which most... he was actually very good at. And he was in also in that... Uh, he was in Arrival, the Oscar film. Yeah, that one I hated. Mm. And then... Um, I liked it. Yeah, I know you did. Um, and that movie, <laughs> the war one. No, I know you did. The war. It was one. good. Bradford Young was the DP. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was a really good film. If you want to go to sleep for two hours, go. It see was a not going to sleep for two hours at all. It was actually a really good film. And then how could you debate Amy Adams? 
I died. Arrival was a beautiful film about communication. Yes. Okay. I'm communicating right now to the audience. <laughs> as, you, as you're pumping your fist on yes, the table. I'm pumping my fist for the audience. <laughs> and, and, and clearly you needed to watch the film because you're communicating to a radio audience with physical gestures. <laughs> they, they know what I'm doing. They know what I'm a doing. Mess. Anyway, it was very... He's, he's, he's an outstanding actor. Yes, and I been, like him. I will go see him forever and ever in a day. He's good yeah. in a lot of different things. And, yes. and what you were saying was what you were telling me earlier is that he has a daughter and he wanted to portray a parent. Yeah, he wanted to be, he wanted to be a parent in the movie and he enjoyed right. expressing that part of himself because he, he loves being right. a father. He has a daughter. And right. uh, in this role, he, he, he's mourning the loss of his older child yeah and then you see the relationship with his youngest son and so there's a lot of those little quiet moments that a father has with his child just like it does with Halle Berry in the other film I Uh, think that it's relatable there's something that these kind of films resonate with audience because you get human experiences it's not about a superhero it's not about a killer yeah it's not about a spy it's not about whatever else is going on these are normal moments that happen to everybody right 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 and i think it's just it's both these films even though well holly bears was kind of like a thriller and i don't think you were supposed to look deeper but you could see that they they were just nice little pieces of slices of reality-based life in america it's not all it's not all the fanciness we see on television and in movies that makes America look so happy and free and rich eating burgers and drinking cokes and rich we look we, we're all wealthy yeah they were regular they were regular folks they were regular folks she was a she was a waitress and he was a, he worked for you know he was a Game hunter and game. Yeah, but he he called himself a hunter throughout he, the film. Well, because he is a hunter, technically that's his job. Um, wildlife and game. I yeah. think that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. It. Fish and wildlife. Thank yes. you, fish and wildlife. I grew up in Alaska. I was gonna say you grew up in Alaska, oh. so you would know. The land but, of the lost. Oh my god. And Sarah Palin, but <laughs> it's okay. It feels a lot like Wyoming. Hey, we tried to give her to you people, and you didn't take her. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It no, feels, you can have her back. It it feels like that. It's yeah. so, so it's just these are realistic jobs and realistic life. But there was a part that that struck me at the end. They put up this 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 plaque that says that there is no missing data for Native American women in the nation. So women could go missing and nobody would know. Wait, I, I think you mean to say there is no data for missing. Native American women, because you said there is no missing data. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not, that all that. I so guess, you fit perfectly in Alex's I guess, role. Alex I guess. Totally, I guess the French beer is kicking in. Alex, huh? Alex would have totally smacked me with that one too. You know what I mean? But I mean, I thought I thought that was sad, and um, it just shows the brutality of America. But it's, it's telling because these are disenfranchised people. Halle Berry, in her role, also knew that there would be no data about her son being missing either. Right. Just the way you felt that black children have no value, she also knew I never that said it, that black children have first of all she also I did knew not that say that black children have no either. value. I said white America has no value for black children, so thus why would one want to steal one? 
Little fucking girls get stolen and they don't get reported. Do you remember the case of the little black girl that got stolen in Philly? They wrapped her up. They tied her up with fucking duct tape. And that bitch bit through all that shit and ran the fuck home. That's why they don't steal fucking black kids. Black kids will find a way back. But not or they will give you a hard time way. way back. You may say that, but you have no that's actual not, proof no, of that. That's not always the case. You, have, you want you want us to be the hero, but there's always a kid who's gonna be manipulated and drugged. I don't want us there's to all be kinds the of hero. things that can happen I'm just to saying a child or that a person. If we ask an adult, people on the street. I think they would plainly say that if someone snatched a black kid, not everyone would be looking for this black kid. That's all I was saying. I didn't say I don't value black kids. I value black kids above of all. Mm -hmm. And maybe that makes me a fucking bigot at this point. But I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. America doesn't give a shit about me and my people, so I don't give a shit about it and its people. Okay. Well, no, you're so you're actually an American too. Fuck that. And I'm so American by circumstance. Case, if American case, by circumstance, like these Native they Americans. Care about your people too. By the like these Native Americans were put on this reservation, unwillingly stating that as their home and making it as it must. Such as black people in America. And that's Tawana's view. That is Tawana's view. Are are we clear on Tawana's (laughs) view? Tawana believes there's value in black kids. They made a point at the end of the film talking about the fact that there's tons and tons of missing Native American women every day, and there's no no data. There's no data about it. I think now is the time to break in with a PSA. The opinions expressed, the opinions and views expressed in this podcast by Tawana do not necessarily reflect those of Vaughn. Exactly. Or the and she show. knows that. Or the show. Or the show. And, you know, but, you we know, want, you want everyone to, to listen. But I think that <laughs> truly, I, and I get where you're coming from. I'm yes. not belittling the fact that, right. of where you're coming from because I understand the and I agree perspective with what you're saying too. that we can feel marginalized, less than, or valued by yes. the American culture yes. as it stands. Yes. But I personally, yes, just like you have your personal views, I agree. I personally don't think that it has to be that way. I think we all are in this fight together. And no matter what your race, creed, color, sexual orientation, or anything else has to be, I think it's about us all as one group of people. Because at the end of the day, we're all just one group of people. All our terrorist folks that are coming after us every day are not looking at, oh, these are the black people over here, and these are the white people over here, these are the Latin Americans over here, these are the Asians over here. No. It's just going to be you Americans. So we got to live in that space. What I would say to that is that I think that what would trump that is actually that it is a child. I think Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that you said something earlier about how children are valued until they become adults. And I think that in this situation where regardless of the race of the child, I think yes. it's a larger issue yes. than it would be if it were a teenager. I and I think that's sort of the dividing line there. Because I, I agree with you to a great extent that the, yeah. I think the, the story coverage would be very different. But right. I think the overall engagement of the community, the right. fact that it was a kid, a kid. would trump, would trump a- anything else. But, right. you know the media loves a nice blonde-haired, blue-eyed missing kid story yeah, as well. Of course. So. And also, we have to keep in mind that this was in Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana is considered one of the poorer nations, uh, poorer nations, poorer states. 
Um, and we don't even know what parish she was in because she went through so many parishes. Yeah, and she so was just on the road. We don't know where she started. We don't know if she started in New Orleans and ended in Baton Rouge. or We don't know where she went. But right. she wound up in this like dead-end area. Right. Um, and so even in a, in, a, in a state like that, you know, considering past events in that state, that kid, to me, wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have been, there would have been no value placed on his missing. And well, that's also why she fought so hard well, to get him back for herself. Well, she, she also was like, you know, because there were times when she did eventually, and this doesn't spoil anything, but there are times when she did meet up with the authorities at some point, and um, she was just like, oh, my God, help me. And they were like, okay, we'll help you. And then, but you got to wait, you know, to sit down and take it. take about an hour. Just wait. And she was just like, you know, all these people waited looking at previous missing notices and saying, all these people waited and this is what happened. So I'm not waiting. I'm just not going to wait for my son. And I also think it's a will. Because, you know, notice I didn't say a black mother I just said black kid because any mother who really cared about their kid and really had that sort of willpower that she had, because not everybody has the same same set of strengths, but they would definitely have rushed off. I would have. I think everybody in this room would have just kept going for the kids. It's like, eh, maybe. But no, I would have been, you know, crashing through walls to find my kid. Yes. So I understand what she's at least trying to go through here. But yeah. I think we can all agree that had it been a puppy, the world would have united. Yes, and the world would Vaughn have stopped spinning. Would, Vaughn would have spit on this puppy and smashed it and with I his wheels. And I would have cared at all. <laughs> but, you know, and we would have been like, oh, my God, a Oh, it's puppy. such a cute puppy. Oh, my God. Or some damn And cat. Vaughn would have been like, and really? if you don't feed him, he He's will gonna eat, eat you him. whole. Exactly. <laughs> So who exactly. here doesn't have the heart, Vaughn? I think you're yeah, the one without the heart. I think it's Vaughn without the heart. Well, when it, when it comes heart. to animals, I, I put their value less than a human, whether you be an adult or a child. Once so again, the views of Vaughn did not reflect that Otuado at the show. <laughs> but Please don't hate us, pet lovers. <laughs> pet lovers, you can hate us all you want. <laughs> you can call Pete on me today. Vaughn, they can come to my house. Actually, Vaughn, I, I think I I think I have the Olsen twins publicist and Peta on the line for you. Which Dear call would you like you. first? Well, please let the Olsen twins know that the actress in their family is Elizabeth. The actress in their family is she is she is very good. She's amazing. I just I can't wait till she fully blows up. She's gonna wind up with an Oscar nominated film yeah, one day. She will, and you know I. I feel like, you know what she reminds me of? She reminds me of a young, what I would expect a young Nicole Kidman to be. Or Charlize. Charlize. Well, eh. Well, because when Charlize started, they put her in these bit roles. And it really wasn't, it was about her being pretty. Yeah. But when she did Monster, they were like, oh, Yeah, she broke out. She broke out. (laughs) They were like, this bitch can act, though. I'm so sorry. We put you in Astronaut's And now she's the baddest bitch in... uh, (laughs) And now in she's, Amazon, Amazon uh, what is it? Atomic, Atomic Blonde, Blonde, which is episode nine. Please take a listen if you haven't listened to it before. Yes. Um, but once again, I think Elizabeth, I think she's she's gaining her own because she's 
she's doing these films that are not about her beauty or not about her just her fame. She's just an actress in a role. Exactly. She was very convincing as the FBI agent. She was new. She obviously was new in the role of the FBI agent, but she was trying to find her way and she was trying to get truth for the victim in this crime. Mm-hmm. And that's that was her mission. She wasn't trying to do anything else but find justice for this woman yeah. that was and killed. She knew based on their circumstances that no one would care, so she definitely tried hard to uh, to get them justice. Right, because they, they were marginalized people, and she knew walking into it the battle she was going to face, and, right. she, and she just she did it head on. And uh, with with her and Jeremy Ritter in this role, and they've been together before from the Avengers. You know, I just see her 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 star is definitely rising, and I want definitely. people to. Check out this film. It's a quiet film. Everybody's yes. not going to know about it, but I, mean, I promise you yeah. it will be mentioned during Oscar season. Check it out. Definitely look at it. Um, if you if you don't have patience for a slower film, just stay home. Just don't stay fucking home. go. You're not don't really ready for and, that. Don't go and upset yourself. Stick stick to the blockbusters. Watch it later when it comes on Netflix or rented. But they're not going to watch it later. It. They're not ready for that. If you if you can't, well, like the lady, do a slow movie, the lady and the husband and her husband in the theater who was so distraught when we left. Oh, from the violence. From the violence. Saw. They were like, "Oh my god, it was so violent." We were like, "It's a good film." She was like, "No, you thought it was good. I thought it was so oh, violent." Hung, and I was just it's like, "It's an older couple. They hung on to the violence." I'm just like, film. "That wasn't the part." And the violence of the film was like, eh. "It happened near the end of it the movie." It happened like the second half was the violence. I mean, but you had to you had you had to Sadly, sadly you, you to. had to have the violence. And the way they rolled into that backstory was was beautiful because right. it wasn't in your face. It just kind of happened subtly. Right. And and but you had to understand what happened to the victims. Right. You if had we, to. If we in, went in, through the whole no movie, no uncertain terms. If we went through the whole movie and never really found out what happened to the victims, it would be just a little bit unsatisfactory. It, it definitely would be a little bit unsatisfactory. Um, also, really quickly, a shout out to John Bernthal. Who played Shane for all you Walking Dead yes, fans? Yes, Walking Dead fans, he you know Shane. He has been blazing a trail. Yes, he has. Of acting roles since he left The Walking Dead. And he was particularly good in this. Like, he was yes, good he was. in everything else. That he's been in The Accountant. Um, he was in uh, Baby Driver. Yep. Um, just to name a couple current films. Yes. And he's been in a ton of other stuff since The Walking Dead, so you know he's really um, a good actor. I, Google I, I'm him. I'm so glad that he's taking follow all, his lead. taking roles that just are just off the beaten path. He's not a he's no. also an actor yeah. and not trying to be a superstar. No, he's not. He is going to be in the next um, Punisher reboot, yes. and he's good at those kind of films because he we know he can shoot a gun, we know he can fight. Yeah, but he also can play those. Those more subtle characters, those characters who have heart, who have feeling, right. who will fight for their families and their lives. Complex characters. You know, he he has that ability to do that. He did that on Walking Dead. He right. did that in this film. He did he's it, done it in, it in other accountant. things. Yes. Um, he's done it in a lot of films. Baby, so Baby those Driver are actors to watch. But he know. was good in Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. But um, needless to say, uh, as we talk about like fantastic actors and 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 all these really deep set dramatic films. We'll take a little break in episode 11 and we'll do step, which is documentary step, the movie mm-hmm. this is a documentary about, um, black sororities, black, black sororities, uh, namely women. Mm-hmm. Um, sororities. Most, most sororities are mm-hmm. all right. I'm sorry. 
All right, that was a little retarded, a little blondie. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> and and then we'll go into something which seems to be blazing a trail. And although I tried to run from this, I must sit in it and say, Girls Trip. Yes, we're going to watch Girls Trip. We're going to watch Girls trip. Girls trip. And we'll find out what the hoopla is all about. And if this is bullshit, I'm calling it. Have you seen Very Bad Things? No. Wait, wait. Very Bad Things. No, what was in Very Bad Things? Wait, which was Girls Trip? That's the one where they... Girls, Girls Trip was all the black actresses. Was all it was the one pitted against the Scarlett Johansson film. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, it was... The yeah. one that's successful where hers Jada was a Pinkett failure. Smith. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had it confused. Yeah, you had it. It's the other one. It's, what is it? It's, yeah. it's... It doesn't matter what it is. It was Johansson. the one with Scarlett Johansson she, that failed horribly. horribly. But they yeah. pitted the two movies against each other. And this is still sailing. Like, it's soaring. It's the first... It's the first film that's made over a hundred million dollars and has been black helmed like from the start and like the first four principal jobs, director, writer, producer, they're all black, black mm. characters, black related. Anyway. Black Lives Matter. People seem to love it, so we're gonna check it out on episode eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, don't and, it, f- and in the self plug, go to the Producers Guild YouTube page and there you, you can go. see my interview with uh, Jordan Peele. Oh, nice! Get uh, out! We did get out. get out. Yes, we did get out. Very episode nice. two. Check that out. Absolutely. So if you like this episode and you have some questions and some comments, maybe even a suggestion of what we should watch next. Please follow us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud under Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. And make sure you include our hashtag, hashtag BBM Podcast. So for now, I guess we say so long. We thank Mr. Kevin thank for joining Kevin us. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us today. Thank you for having me be here. Yes, yes. Thank you, Alex, from afar. We'll see you next time. Get it back here. You can come back, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> can deal with these people. Absolutely. Thank you so much, home fans. This is Beer Bourbon. Mm-hmm.